Hello, this is your host Hia Jain and you're listening to the 7th episode of Running Out of Power, the podcast that ends when my already low on battery recording device dies without warning. On a show literally dictated by burning out, we talk about what keeps people recharged. From art to analytics and zoology to zen meditation, nothing is off limits. So let's get started. Our guest today is an avid dancer and singer, riveting visual writer, and in general one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, Anaina Dalal. So Anaina, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, and we'll take it from there. Um. Okay. Um. Hi. Um. Like he said, I'm Anaina. I wouldn't bank on the nicest person she's known as a fact, but like she said, um, I like dancing. Um. Hopefully, I'm a good singer and one of my main uh, passions is writing and kind of writing stuff that can be created into visuals like films or photographs or just any form of art so yeah that's me and that's exactly what we will be talking about today this different form of writing seems very interested i had the pleasure of going through her blog really interesting stuff anyways so uh, why don't you give us a little bit of insight into what exactly it is that you do, like if you had to describe it. Right. So um, basically what I do is I write stuff. It doesn't have a particular genre or any form. Maybe it can be poetry. It can be like a story, an article. My main point is to not to make people feel as though they are kind of reading something, but as though they are visualizing it right in front of you. So it came out when I was reading, I do it when I read that I don't look at the words mainly, but I look at what I am picturizing, the actions that are happening and things like that. So, and I think that's the form of writing that I connect to most. And I think many people also do that when they read, they kind of visualize what's happening. So to create a space where people can do that and then interpret their own uh, meaning from what I've written to create their own form of art. So you want to inspire others with your writing, if I'm not wrong? Um, inspire, yeah, and just make sure that anybody can tell a story off of the kind of stories that I'm telling. Uh, so obviously that's really interesting stuff and it's very, very intellectually connected. And I'm sure you might have a couple of people that you pull inspiration from, pull influences from. So who are they or what inspires you? Um, so I don't have any particular people that I take inspiration from. I think it's um, in general what people do that kind of inspire, inspires me. So um, it, it can be something as simple as like a post I saw on Instagram and it will kind of evoke me to kind of think of something else and think of something that another person may have said or done and I don't I don't it's not in maybe not inspiration I wouldn't call it inspiration but an interpretation of what they're doing so like you said it's really intellectual because all I'm doing is interpreting and so yeah as someone who's currently struggling with AS level analysis honestly I commend you man (laughs) great stuff Uh, Right, so this is what I struggle with. I struggle with the analysis part in my own writing. Uh, So would you like to tell us uh, some things that you struggle with, the the struggles of being a writer and uh, what it means when you have an idea but you can't quite put uh, paper to pen 
or pen to paper right so i think that's one of my biggest problems that i have so many ideas that to put them onto paper it's either i become too lazy to do it because there's just so much or it just doesn't seem right in some way so i think um one of the main things one of the main problems i have is filtering so filtering what kind of content i want to write and kind of understanding why i want to write it so that it becomes easier but it's something that i'm still struggling with because of the magnitude of ideas that i mean everybody gets so uh if you're okay with it would you like to share a couple of ideas that really strike you as like inspiring or that you're currently really obsessed with um so a show i've recently been watching um shit's creek um it's kind of, i finished in a week and i've been really kind of obsessed by it because it's so good and i think one of the ideas that struck me was that the show had absolutely no homophobia like nobody questioned the relationships that were there nobody questioned its integrity and i think it's something that i haven't seen before um and it was really good to see that and it kind of got me thinking about the kind of content that i want to create like do i want to show a world where there are bad guys and kind of validate the experience that there are bad guys and validate the fact that there are people who think that way or just eliminated because there is no reason for something like homophobia to be there because it's just a part of life so i think that's one of the current ideas that i've been having and i've been thinking about a lot i think another way or another perspective that this could be looked upon would be that by eliminating or removing the existence of homophobia we'd be eradicating or at least to an extent sidelining this very wrong but unfortunately very real experience that a lot of lgbtq plus people go through just something to think about right so i know that's how everybody thinks i just had a conversation about it with my sister as well like why would you tell an why would you tell the story of an ideal world and i do think it's important to tell the stories of struggles to tell the stories of the reality that we are experiencing right now but i also think while we tell those stories it's equally important to balance it out with an ideal world because people do want to see a world that is possible to live in they do want to see a world where you can kind of experience joy in any situation so i think it's a balance that like so many people struggle with and i myself struggle with like there are times when you feel no it's the worst day possible nothing good can happen and then there are days where you feel okay nothing bad can happen and uh yeah i think we all want to live in a perfect world to some sense like it can be just so exhausting to sort of keep up with the new cycle and all you're seeing over and over again is negativity i mean we're all a sucker for happy endings to some extent so it's it's really great that you want to sort of include a more positive uh role into your writing which brings me to the question that what role do writers have in society how do they or how do you influence the way we live right so um i think a writer whether they know it or not or whether their readers know it or not are doing one of the most important jobs by telling stories 
whether it's their own story or it's someone else's story or it's a completely made up story um i think because of the fact that we're surrounded by so many people by so many events stories are all around us and as a writer i think one of the first things that needs to be done is understand how important we are to the kind of world that we're living in right now and then it's also important on what kinds of stories we tell so i believe there's no such thing as a good story or a bad story a story is a story it depends on how the writer writes it so selling a story is the writer's job the artist's job the creator's job and um i think that's one of the most important aspects i think of is of being a writer and um yeah so yeah that's that and uh, so let's i just want to because it's been in the news cycle and in the mainstream media recently i want to bring up an idea where how do you separate a writer from their writing because as you said they have a very pivotal role in society and if once they reach a certain level they are people you look up to so do you separate the artist from their work or is the work of an artist by extension their identity yeah so um i think distinguishing how far an artist is and their work and how much of it is reflected in that is dependent on the artist wholly so if the artist has stated anywhere or somewhere that they are a part of the work or they identify with some part of it then i think readers can safely uh, kind of take it into their minds that okay this work is an extension of the author's identity and this is probably who they are as a person and they share these views but if the author hasn't stated that and prefers to remain anonymous then i don't think readers should take it upon themselves to um assume things and because nobody would want to assume a part of an identity nobody would want to assume that a person is this way yeah but i think people in general do that more often than they don't i think humans are a very judgmental species and we do indulge in this practice very often but there's definitely this distinction that readers need to learn to make exactly because it makes them question the it makes artists question their identity and while it's okay to do that you don't want to force somebody into questioning who they are if they're already sure of it so i think that's also another important thing to remember that an artist is to some extent knows what they're doing and knows who they are as a result of that so i think yeah readers should not go readers or viewers should not go too much into that and kind of keep it separate as long as the artist does not say so and uh, this brings me to another point of contention is when people get political or when artists get political i'm sure you've heard of uh, jk rowling and her recent comments if you would like to put it that way on uh, gender identity and how it's impacted her readers negatively who have found some sort of a uh, solace or understanding in the harry potter books so in situations like these uh 
is it okay to consider is it okay to especially when the artist wants to be associated with their work and their political views in such a manner is it okay to sort of neglect a part of the art in order and take what you want from it so can you selectively indulge right so um in reference to the jk rowling thing so i personally have not i have read a few of the harry potter books but i don't like it but i think it's um safe to say that i can comment on the situation of jk rowling because of how it affects writers and their integrity in general so what she said was clearly wrong i think there is no discussion or contention about that fact it is unacceptable what she said um i think if she herself has said that she associates these comments of hers in her work and reflects them i do not think that it is and i'm not saying i completely disagree with the fact or kind of negate the um, kind of solace people have found in those books but you also have to reimagine the way you perceive those books did you see any inkling of those views that um she put on social media in those books and if you do it is up to the readers on how they want to interpret it then clearly they have clearly as a reader myself i know that if a if an author has said, has made a few comments and if i see them in the book i know i will not put that book on such a high pedestal but that's just me because it's my own view that is coming in then so i think um indulging in like cherry picking and all in terms of when it comes to content that's a thing that almost everybody does and i myself am not too sure of whether we should be doing that or whether we sh- we shouldn't be doing that but um it's an interesting thing to talk about because it makes you question your own self and how you're perceiving what you're reading or kind of listening to or watching yeah so while i don't think it's that her views are that clearly stated in the harry potter books she writes under another pen name known as robert galbraith and she writes this series about a british detective named cormoran strike and in the latest book and it's gained wild reception uh, for her comments where she sort of more explicitly divulges into the way her own viewpoints play into the story and the internet was sort of very very divided on where it stands as a work of art and i think what you said was really really important that um one we shouldn't make assumptions but second i think we have a tendency to also cherry we have a tendency to make assumptions and we also have a tendency to cherry pick so i think it's a lot more philosophical sort of discussion of how we perceive art right so i think apart from that uh do you tend to write in in like your personal work uh tend to reflect what you i think art comes from a place of emotion but uh is it very prominent in your own writing style is that what you thrive off um yeah i would say that i thrive mainly off of emotion i write with i can only write when i have some sort of music stimulating my emotions 
so it's safe to say that i do kind of tend to rely on those a lot but um i think that's the first part of what i'm writing that's the most raw um emotion and writing that's coming out and if i feel that i want to share that with people that extreme rawness then i do but many times i kind of try to edit out some things and because obviously you have to kind of filter like i said before you kind of got to filter what you are thinking and feeling and also make it relevant in some way i believe that anything that we're thinking is relevant but when you put pen to paper it might not seem like that so to kind of try and edit it in a way that it becomes relevant and you're saying exactly what you're thinking if even if it's not exactly what you're feeling that makes an astounding amount of sense i feel like it doesn't only go for uh literature and creative writing but also for people who write politically what to what extent do you want your views to influence others and that was all we were able to record before my device ran out of battery i hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about writing as a form of art and anaina's interpretation of it along with us contemplating questions around the consumption of art and the responsibilities that holds and i'll see you again next time with another guest and more interesting conversations